Welcome back, everybody, to the Doctor Who Flashcast. I'm Jason Snell, and I'm joined for this very special episode to discuss the haunting of Via Diodati. This week's episode of Doctor Who, I'm at a Doctor Who convention. I watched it in a room with a bunch of Doctor Who fans who were reacting to everything, all the twists and turns. And now I'm joined by two wonderful guests in person at Gallifrey One in Los Angeles to talk about this episode. Ooh, are they ghosts Ooh. or are they real people? I don't know. I'm a little scared still. Gene McDonald is here. Hello. Hello, Jason. This is very cool and, and I'm very excited. And when I say you're here, you like oh. you're right here. Right here. Yeah. That's right. I could uh can practically you know, Just tap you on the shoulder. Reach out by accident. Touched by a ghost. Oh, yes, <laughs> that's right. I'll think it's a ghost, but it, it, it wasn't a ghost. Be. Annette Weirstra is also he- literally here. Hello, I am literally here, looking you in the face. Give me a little high five. Yeah, yeah. okay, we can do that on a podcast. You want a high five, <laughs> yes, Gene? I do. All right. Yeah, see? Proof. Okay. Uh, that wasn't just me clapping all alone in a room with a <laughs> he microphone. Is. We're not here. Um, you, you're both ghosts, and I uh, don't even know what the explanation is. So the haunting of Via Diodati, this, I guess that's what it is. I don't, I, you know, I know some Byron and some Shelley, and I've read Frankenstein, mm-hmm. but um, I don't, I, I, I'm sure there are lots of references in this episode. Mm-hmm that I don't get that everybody who's super into this group is going to be, it's going to be like catnip for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's my disclaimer, which is, yes, I know. I don't know enough about, <laughs> but I don't them. think you needed to know. No, to en- no, that's I true. Hopefully enjoy well, it. But okay. Here's the one thing I think you needed to know, which is that Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein and what Frankenstein yeah. is about, because this episode turns into one of those things that Dr. Who does sometimes, which is, um, oh, look, nobody messed this up. We're going to witness the moment where they invent Frankenstein, and then uh, they cause that to happen, as yes. it turns out. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. it's uh, This is all about spoilers. All mm-hmm. about spoilers. Yeah. So it's 1816. Um, they're at Lake Geneva, and uh, there are ghost stories being told mm-hmm. um, by... Uh, actually, uh, Shelley is not there, but Byron is there, and Mary Shelley is there, and her sister, who is... Um, Byron's well she has pursued Byron because yes. he's not that into her but she's really into him except yeah. she's not sure yeah and uh, Dr. Polygari is there who nobody really knows but he's a, he's a straight man in this episode and sleepwalks a little bit yeah challenges somebody to a, ch- challenge a, challenges Ryan, Ryan, Ryan to a duel that was nerve-wracking because we you know we all know what happens at a duel yeah something I've seen that. Hamilton I know how that yeah. goes it's not good it's not good yeah um this is a funny episode because it is, first off, it is a haunted house. Which that, I love. Right? It's been a while since we had a haunted house. It's like a proper thunder and lightning. I, you know, I laughed every time something shocking and dramatic happened and it was immediately followed by thunder and lightning because that's how you do it, right? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. it was classic. It was beautiful. Yeah. 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 I, I enjoyed that. There are ghosts. There's a, a creepy skeletal hand that tries to kill skitter, ryan skitter, skitter. there's uh there's a crying baby that nobody can find there's the twisty turny <laughs> thing which is which is yes. i've seen before but i really like that where you like go down the staircase and then you're at the top of the staircase or the, there's yeah. those scenes that were no special effects required at all yeah. where the doctor walks out of the the room to the right and then turns around and walks back in and it's like whoa what just happened <laughs> you're still in the same room it's like magic that's true that was yeah that was good and also very frustrating because it was 
I felt the frustration of the characters in that, especially when they're trying to find a crying baby. Right. That was the that was the big one, right? It was the mom is trying to find her baby and he can hear the baby crying but can't get to it because she's in the recursive thing. That's not yes. good. Yes. Not, I don't like that no. at all. That's bad. Um, like a bunch of episodes this season, I found myself thinking, um, I don't know where this is going for a long ru- bit of runtime and thinking, how are they going to resolve this in a and are they going to resolve it in a satisfying way and not a kind of like oh i did a magic thing everything's fine goodbye yeah and this episode i thought really delivered in taking us pretty deep in wondering what the heck was going on and then spending a proper amount of time kind of with the resolution there's a twist in the middle of this and then like i didn't feel cheated by the resolution i felt like we got an explanation for what we were seeing which was which you know isn't always the case with doctor who i think I, I agree. I think uh, it built up a lot of really good tension just as a purely ghost story for almost like half the episode. Yeah, I think at least. And, yeah, and but it didn't it didn't drag. But it also then when you get the payoff, you, it, like the whole room gasps and we're all like, yeah. ah, and yes. delighted. And, you know, and then it yeah. And then you still had enough time to sort of explore that. Mm-hmm. I felt. Yeah, I, I definitely. For me, it was just pure ghost story. Like, I, I, you know, and there's things that I could have possibly thought like ahead of the t- time, oh, or maybe it's this, like, I definitely, you know, we know Cybermen are in the, in the works mm-hmm. sometime this season. I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot about Shelley. I was like, yeah, he must be off. That's weird. And never thinking, you know, that he was the ghost. He's actually part of, the, he's at of least the solution one of the to ghosts. the mystery. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I did really... I wanted to find out what you know the how the ghost uh, the ghost was going to turn out to be an alien of some sort. That's what I was yeah. waiting for. Yeah. Well, and you know you kind of expect that. And yeah. I was, I did remember about Cybermen, but I wasn't sure. Oh, well, this isn't. You know? this is this is three before the end of the I season. Know. So, so I was it, like, they could go either way. It's, it's like so I wasn't totally expecting it, but it was a fun well, way to do it. It pulls a trick. That yeah. I think prisoner of the Jadoon or fugitive of the Jadoon was that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it's called. Um, pulled, which is, uh, I love it, which is you think you're watching a completely standard Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. And then when the twist happens, you realize, oh no, this is actually part of the story arc that yes. we've been led into, yeah. not realizing that that's what happens. Is This is not just a haunted house. It is a. It turns out it's a haunted house that's actually a panic room that is being run by an AI that comes from the future that is from the Cyberman that is trying to protect itself from a Cyberman who is trying to, I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's way more. Yes. And I have a lot of questions about that, by the way, that maybe we'll get to at the end, which are like the, 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 just like a lot of question marks in my notes about like, what, what does that mean? Not, not like for this episode, but like what's coming, it feels like that is all being kind of like left for next week or the Mm -hmm. week after. But um, I do love that moment where you realize that you're, the story you're seeing is not... They're playing on your expectation as a Doctor Who, Who viewer to think, oh, I know what this kind of episode is. And yeah. then it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely thought, oh, yeah, they're going to take one more beat of one, you know... Celebrity, ep- historical. Uh, yeah. Ep- episodic, you know, totally encapsulate it. And then... And it's not. It's made everything more complicated. <laughs> Right, and I think doing it in the historical is also that's that's a teaser or that it hides it a little more because you don't expect those things in the historicals usually. I don't think. 
And you could have sold this as, um, oh, you won't, won't want to miss next week where Mary Shelley meets a Cyberman and gets oh, the yeah. idea for Frankenstein, which is totally what it is. But then you would, have, then you would have missed the, the, the trick. Yes. But that is a, I got to say, I thought that was a really great moment where um, she's talking to the Cyberman oh, yes. and describing him and are you assembled from parts and are you tormented and all of these things. And, and you're just sitting there going, oh man, she is, she is plotting Frankenstein then, right now. Yeah. And sometimes that can be irritating, but I felt it worked with the half Cyberman and it didn't dishonor her telling of it because I, I felt anyways, because it's so different from what actually comes out as Frankenstein. But still is like, what a fun little germ of the idea that Mm -hmm. she got from, not a dream, but a Cyberman, Mm -hmm. which now I'm going to, that's my new canon (laughs) forever. And when she says to, you know, that moment where she says, oh, modern Prometheus. Yes. Uh, yes. (laughs) I mean, I don't know a lot of uh, Frankenstein references, but I know that one. Yeah. Um, I, on the Vulcan Hello podcast, the Star Trek podcast I did with Scott McNulty, I offend Scott because he loves the Romulans. And I have said several times that I think the Romulans are kind of boring. Star Trek Picard making them a little more interesting. But I could say the same thing about the Cybermen. I think that Cybermen, uh, for Doctor Who's, you know, number two bad monster yep. villain aren't i think they're not that interesting because they're just kind of <laughs> automatons and but i think the best thing about them is the body horror yes yes and i i think this so i'm going to come out and say it i think this is maybe the best cyberman thing i've seen in the modern doctor who series because of the way that he's the the, the lone cyberman is built where you can see his face yes so he is kind of like scarred or clawed face and and he's He's an individual and he's obviously a human like Frankenstein. He is mm-hmm. a human who has become a monster. And um, I thought like right down to the pneumatic sounds, every time he moves, you get that yeah. kind of yep. sound when he tilts his head. I like, yeah. I, I, I thought it was really effective in the, in how they're used best, which is as, as a horrible, horrible monster, right? As a, yeah. a yep. body horror kind of monster. No, it's true. Especially just the, uh, the, the, Cyberman plating or whatever, you know, the, the exterior yeah, parts the being like very, uh, you know, uh, more steampunky than, than like the blood uh, on them. Oh, blood. Well, I think the, yes, the blood, mm-hmm. which I think came from the, from the nanny. Well, and that was like the implication is that this Cyberman has been through a lot, right? Like mm-hmm. it's the last survivor that is trying to, um, find the solution. I mean, it's basically the Terminator, right? Yes. Like it's being sent back in time in order to find this thing that will change the, its fate in the future. So, okay, I guess that is not quite the Terminator because that that would make would that make uh, Shelley like John, John Connor? Connor. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and the Doctor would need to say, "Come with me if you want to live." Maybe next week that'll happen. Maybe, <laughs> but um, it's been it's been through a lot, and it's kind of messed up, and it's not quite even right. Like it, it it's still got some emotion and stuff. So I I thought that was an unanswered question, but kind of fascinating. Of like this doesn't this is like a broken half Cyberman mm-hmm. um, and the doctor comments on it and says, you know, you're not, did they not have enough energy to finish the job? And that may actually be true. And I yeah. think that makes it a more interesting monster. Yeah. It, it becomes um, uh, like it is both the genesis of Frankenstein, but also a tribute to the story of it, Frankenstein, right. which I think is That's why the best. it works mm-hmm. and doesn't feel like you're overtaking 
that story by imposing Doctor Who on no, it. But it's, it's saying sort of the Cybermen like, are viewed best as an homage to Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's why I liked it. And I'm I'm a real fan of Frankenstein and I've read books around this night and this story. So this thing was set up to make me really happy. <laughs> the um by the way, people out there who are twenty uh, first century podcast listening type people who have never read Frankenstein it's really good. It is. It is a modern novel. I think you would like it. You should probably read it. it. I think it's. I think it's unlike some classics that are maybe a lot less accessible. I think it's a really a book that's really still really accessible for modern audiences. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it is exciting, and the the metaphor holds up and works in so many ways that make it really relevant still. Even yeah, what two hundred years later. We're always inventing new terrible things. I know, right? To strip away our humanity. It just keeps happening. <laughs> anyway, um, I really enjoyed um, some... Getting off the Cybermen for just a minute. I really enjoyed uh, the... There's a lot of humor in this episode. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great character interaction. The Doctor has a bunch of funny lines. I think maybe the thing I liked the most is the fact that Byron is enamored with Mrs. Doctor. Yes, Mrs. Doctor. <laughs> and keeps... Um, praising her and she is not interested and wants him to shut up and shut wants nothing to do with it and and meanwhile you know um mary shelley's sister is there um claire mm -hmm. is there and is uh you know she's into him and like we said he's not so into her and so she gets to tell him off at the end which is another great moment but i yep. i really enjoy the doctor's banter with him where he's just like yeah. being really sleazy and she is not she does not have time for his garbage what were the rules at the beginning? Was it Yaz that said, uh, "Don't snog"? Nobody's supposed to snog Byron. Don't mention Frankenstein and don't snog Byron. Yes. And then the first thing she does is try to get them back on the Frankenstein thing, and she says, "Next thing you know, you're going to be snogging Bry Byron." And the yeah. doctor's like, "No, no, 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 <laughs> no nobody snogged." But Byron. he's trying. Oh yeah, he was trying too hard. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was funny. That was that was a good good. Uh, I mean, there were some other funny moments. The. Uh, uh, Ryan playing chopsticks. Yes. <laughs> Classic. I love that. And I mean, you know, because of this weekend at Gallifrey one, the, you know, we got to see, uh, um, Tosin Cole a couple of times at least, you know, and just being so adorable yeah, and funny. And now when I watch him, I'm like, he's like toning himself, you know, his true, like, you know, jokes that he wants to make about stuff. He He's definitely, he's playing this like straight man much more so than he really is. We can exclusively reveal here on the Doctor Who Flashcast that Tosin Cole is awesome. He is so <laughs> funny. He's hilarious. We Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was a delight. Yeah. And I didn't think he, because Ryan's so, uh, like, he's had such an emotional arc, an emotional story. So, like, coming here and seeing him be hilarious was, it, it yeah, it just made me, brought me a lot of joy. Oh, by the way, the thing that, that seems to turn um, Byron on the most about uh, the doctor is when she tastes the the dust of the bone <laughs> the of the bones. crumbled skeleton hand that was alive yeah um which she she dates to the 15th century because it's got a little more umami um uh but you know then again she is from a place far more strange mm -hmm. than the colonies which is the north so <laughs> what does he say to her something about how she's she's really good in a crisis in a crisis that's what mm -hmm. i'm not he's he's attracted yeah. to that and yeah. yet hides behind but hides behind his theoretical girlfriend yes. right uses yes. her as a that human was shield really funny yeah um 
Another funny thing is that Graham keeps seeing these ghosts of uh, a maid and a little creepy little girl. Who were so creepy. And they're super creepy. And they're the thing where they appear when the thunder and lightning mm-hmm. go. And then yeah. they disappear when you're not looking at them and all yeah. of that. But the but the moment that made me just laugh so much is when he sees them and they brought him a plate with <laughs> sandwiches on it, like little tomatoes like, yeah. and bread Medium. and stuff. And he eats them and he's like, thanks, cheers. It's like, it's, <laughs> it's so just hard Graham. to get food on yeah. these, these t- trips, you know? Yeah. He's, he's the one oh, who packed yes, his own sandwich ghost. before. Eat the ghost sandwiches. Yeah, and so at the end he's like, well, but what about those other ghosts who gave me a sandwich? And they're like, we have no idea what you're talking about, which is a great little moment at the end, which Doctor's like, Maybe they are. Maybe there really are ghosts after yeah. all. And Graham is left to shake his head. And I love people are going to be angry about like, well, why they didn't explain that. And it's like, oh, it was just a joke. It was really funny. It, was, <laughs> it is a haunted house. It's also this great tool that added a lot of drama and tension when nothing was really happening yet. But right. you have these like, there's a ghost right there and it disappears and it uh, freaks you out. And then right. it ends up being just basically a running joke yeah they didn't pay that one they, they like they, the others got explained but that one yeah, but that, I, don't, that, I don't care yeah well i mean and that was the great thing about that joke is that it it negated the need to explain how that was related because i i was watching it and thinking like so we're to believe that one of the powers of the cyberman ai thingy is to animate uh skeleton bits and mm-hmm. have them run around and try to kill ryan for some reason yeah it's like I don't okay like I'll go with it yeah mm-hmm. but it, you know I I guess I can explain that away I can headcanon that away but then then it was kind of fun that parts of it were just like oh no that was just, just a, that was a ghost a regular ghost story <laughs> but it, I think it works because it's like then the house is just also just haunted right right it's evil that's 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 how I'm reading it your house, house is unrelentingly haunted. evil folks yes. the doctor says <laughs> not to bother you not to creep you out but it's unrelentingly so and it maybe that's part of why it was attracting Cybermen and the doctor says at a couple of points that she's not thinking clearly which I also think is really interesting like the security system mm-hmm. somehow one of the things it's doing is trying to like make it hard for everybody and especially the doctor to to think as clearly so that they're all a little confused. And I, I kind of like that because it, anytime the doctor says, I'm a little compromised, um, she says, you know, we'll be mm-hmm. resuming normal function shortly or whatever <laughs> she says. Like, right. It's like, oh, no, no, no. She needs to solve this. She can't be, she can't be down on, on this one. She's got to fix yeah. it. And that adds to the tension, I thought. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the whole um, bit with the um, house you know, being an illusion in parts, like, I mean, that, and I thought that's, that is that really powerful, you know, deflection, uh, filter or whatever. It's well, the called. perception filter. Perception filter. Where, pick up from the Stephen like, Moffat era. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, and yeah, just watching that, um, uh, the doctor f- figure that out and then help everybody like say, okay, don't look at anything, just, go yeah if you and, close your eyes you can do because yeah. and the sleepwalker well, the, ends up being the solution because he's not he's not looking he's just he, moving yeah. through the house and that's why he appears to walk through walls because he's not perceiving right and then at that point there's that very cool thing of like close your eyes and reach out for the doorknob and like you know the door is there and then she opens the gates to the outside and, and s- slams smack. into she's oh. like okay yeah. <laughs> another funny <laughs> Joke, yeah, yeah, for yeah. a scary because ep- it was genuinely creepy and scary, but it was also quite funny. Yeah, yeah. Well, we laughed a lot. I mean, and everybody was laughing at 
uh, oh, you know, more or less the same places. But starting with the valet, oh. Fletcher, he mm. was... A lot of great looks, a lot of great eye rolls. Eye rolls and, and then his la- his death line, uh, the, the lone Cyberman finds him and says, are you the guardian? And he says, no, sir, I am the valet. And he goes, and he's dead. But it's like he goes out with another laugh line for the... So if you're going to go as a, a butler in a haunted house story, that, he got a lot of facial expressions in yeah, in the first what, 20 minutes. You know, that part with almost no lines had, it was a major character until, you know, until yeah. he died. Definitely. Um, I also, uh, in the in the kind of creepy factor, um, after the Cyberman appears, where he he kills the the nanny, but then he picks up the baby, and he says, "Don't be afraid, little one. You will be like us." Which is like no. that combination of like, why is a Cyberman being gentle and also just oh by the way assimilate assimilate that like. <laughs> Uh, that was great. It did make me think, like, we've never seen a cyber baby. Like, they're just oh, yeah. going to keep... And we're just waiting well, for a little well, crawl. Well, yeah, because they, they just keep... Yeah, right. Yeah. What, what, what would that be? And it makes me wonder, and we get a little payoff of this later, right, where where Mary Shelley says, were you a parent because you spared my child? And, and yeah. you get the sense that she's broken through to his kind of human part, and then mm-hmm. he's overridden again by his evil Cyberman part. Yeah. Um, but I have, I still have a lot of questions about who this guy is and, and where he comes from and why he says things like, uh, like, don't be afraid, little one, you yeah. will be assimilated. <laughs> it just made me wonder if they had like a little human farm. They're right. letting they these babies grow raise, up until yeah. they're big enough yeah. to become Cybermen. Yeah. Well, it's the Star Trek question about the Borg is the same thing, right? Like they don't, they don't reproduce like that. They just bring in new recruits. That's, right. yeah. that's how that, they do it. So yeah, they could have a little farm. Yeah. Just, humans, humans, uh, the cyber, uh, cyber estates nursery? are for you. Just hang out. Uh, it's great. Life is great. And then when you're 21, we take you to a better place. Um, <laughs> and you don't come back from that place. So. Until then, just uh, cyber. Yeah, this is going to be my pitch. It's cyber high. <laughs> the spinoff. And it's just they're, they're in high school and they're the oldest ones in the whole place. And then they graduate and they're turned into cybermen. Yeah. So it's kind of a downer <laughs> ending, I guess. I <laughs> it's like you just gave away the twist at the end. I did. Well, just here between us. Nobody nobody, else nobody tell anybody yeah. else my great idea for cyber high. I will just, <laughs> so the Siberium. Siberian. It's a it's like a quicksilver that again that, a bit terminatory. Yeah, Shelley finds it in the in the water and it comes and it it it's kind like of possesses like him and it's made of metal-y. liquid metal. Mm-hmm. Um and uh so this is where I have all of the big questions about like Ooh. that will probably be dealt with next week which I, is No, what? I think we're we're going to solve them right oh, here right okay. now. Let's so do it. so let me ask you, why is the artificial intelligence that contains all the knowledge of the Cyberman fleeing back in time and avoid be, avoiding being found by the last or the lone Cyberman. Why? Why would it not why, want indeed. to be reunited with its Cyber Buddy? Or is there <laughs> a twist that is coming that we're not seeing yet? That is that is an excellent question. I tell me the answer, Annette. The answer. The answer is, is it yes? Is it no? <laughs> yes. No. The answer. I'm going to give you an answer. Okay. It is that it has a conscience. 
and it has developed a conscience just like the Terminator. And it's decided that so it doesn't like Cybermen. Schwar- yeah, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I it's know like, now why you humans I cry. I have now gotten my conscience and I oh. will, I, so it is now with the cy- the one Cyberman, oh. but what's going to happen is it will leave because it already bonded a little bit with the doctor and it'll leave and that's that's the wholesome and that's how they're going to solve it next week. I do wonder about the fact that it bonded with the doctor yes. and that the doc- it really liked the doctor because yeah. that's another question, right? Like, why would this evil, if it's an evil Cyberman AI that f- is mm-hmm. fleeing and it likes the doctor and it doesn't like the lone Cyberman, again, was it why? Was it made by the Cyberman? Does it know? I'm putting my, I'm going to put, it's going to leave and get its conscience and go go join the doctor. What do you think, Gene? I yeah I that they there was a lot of emphasis on the fact that the doctor and the Siberian were very you know suited to each other and that is not just you know that's just not uh, filler uh, dialogue yeah, there that's, that's definitely a teaser of some teaser. sort and uh, I I mean at the moment I thought oh maybe she gets some like kind of cool new power. That, uh, mm. you know, and cyber power ke- mm-hmm. keeps, you know, and keeps it. I was like, yeah. And also it was pretty uh, distressing to we know there was just one if there, there was one warning for the doctor from the future <laughs> from, you know, Captain mm-hmm. Jack. And it was don't do what she just did. Giving give don't give the Cyberman what he wants. And she, right. it, so I thought she wouldn't do it because she knew. Of course she would. Instead, she gets in that moment, and and there's that that beautiful. I mean, this is your time travel logic, which mm-hmm. is always frustrating. But it, it's it's you know it's in Shelley, so he can die, um, or they can they can they'll let it, fix it in the future, or they'll fix it in the future. And 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 sh- the doctor gives that speech to uh, to Ryan and says, "This isn't just about one life because he inspires other people. This is the moment where the writer stands up and says, yes. literally, words matter. Yes, that you can I, change the I world cheered. with what you write, mm-hmm. and that's why we have to. Um, you know, you wouldn't even exist because this is going to ripple out and it, it, it will change everything. Um, Sadly, and- I think I probably could be uh, and for a billion people." Butterfly, butterfly effect know, says maybe. you're wrong yeah. and that these podcasts change the world. <laughs> um, Obviously. That oh, I forgot. Also, this is changing the world right now. Very serious payoff to the joke about it being a, a largely flat team structure. Yes. Oh, yeah. The doctor says, oh, she yeah. asked them a question about like, do we kill him or not? And nobody has an answer. And she says, see, here's the thing. Sometimes this isn't a flat team structure. It's mountainous and I'm at the top alone. Yes. Yeah, and she's not wrong. She's not wrong. No, that was I, I didn't feel upset with her for making the decision because I don't know, well, when we need it for dramatic purposes going yes. forward. We needed that to happen. But also I think it it was a justified and thoughtful decision. It wasn't like she just did it by accident. She's like, I had a choice to make. I'm making this choice and we will deal with the results of it, whatever it is. A little bit of a uh, one-upsmanship of heroes. <laughs> Save the poet. Save the universe. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> um, and sometimes even I can't win, she says. Now, I do, I suspect, I'm going to throw out something for next week, which okay. is, this is a thing that was sent um, from the Cyberman army future to the past, right? Like, yep. mm-hmm. it's entirely possible that it was sent by them 
in the future, yes. right? Like there, the, there's a little loop kind of thing that's going to happen and we're going to see the origin of the Siberium and why it does what it does and how it's being sent away. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me is all I'm saying. Did it bond with the doctor? Cause it already bonded with the doctor. Or the doctor created it or the doctor freed it or what? But yeah, I also, I, I guess we could say what, who, who is to say if the lone Cyberman is, a representative of the Cybermen proper, right? Like, in fact, there is a line at one point about the resistance, about uh, the the Cybermen says uh, when when Mary Shelley is talking to him and she says, I see a soul in there. I see the man who spared my son and he grabs her hand and then he kind of gets overridden by the evil. Mm -hmm. He says, I slit their throats when I joined the resistance. I think his family or his children or whatever it was. And it goes by really quick, but I had that moment where I thought, I don't know if I really trust that the lone Cyberman is like official, like (laughs) bonded representative of Cyberman Incorporated. Or if there's something else going on with this guy. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if they are an LLC or if they're registered in Delaware. I don't quite know, but, (laughs) but I'm not sure I trust this guy. I didn't see his paperwork. No, but that reminds me of a very funny thing at the very beginning, which is psychic paper. Doesn't work work when it's wet. It's a blow dryer. (laughs) Got to dry it out. It's very wet. I I was wondering when she flashed it, like what they would say. I was like really looking forward to seeing what they would see on it. And that was like. But didn't it also not work with, was it with Shakespeare? I can't remember. Right, right. So maybe they're just too smart. Too smart. Too creative and whatever. They they don't fall for the psychic paper. Oh, that's true. Yeah forgot about that um so they the doctor does give the lone cyberman what captain jack said not to do which Mm -hmm. is a a nice right like you see now why that that moment with captain jack was necessary because it it sets up this great greater dilemma here which is no a character has come mysteriously from elsewhere with cryptic advice that you're supposed to take and the doctor's like yeah can't can't do it and and so it disappears we believe him because he's jack and so right. we're like we're invested in him that will be like no you have to do what jack says where if it was some other random well it also person. feels a little bit like a time travel story right where it's um you know you go back in time and you say no no don't do it you'll regret it and yeah. it's like but you have to do it because that's it what happened, happened right it yeah. feels a little like that like jack's like no no don't do what it says yeah. um then again we haven't seen the last of the lone Cybermen, so no. maybe it's also not the moment that Jack was talking about. Yeah, that's also possible. Maybe there's something maybe there's else that it wants choice. her to do. I don't know. Yeah, I, I did think it was when she, when they got to that point, and she says, "He's not here," and this is what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I guess we like Jack more than the doctor likes Jack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we, 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 you know, we, we hold his, what he has to say. You know, we, he has credibility with us in a way that he doesn't have with, with the doctor. Also, he was super cryptic and uh, yeah. didn't stick around. So what right. is it with that? You know, why can't you just like write us a long letter <laughs> and <laughs> explain everything? So, you know, but that doesn't make good TV. Yeah, well, I think the answer is that that he's like, I think it is a timey-wimey kind yeah, of thing, of right? Where he's like, I can't give you more information, but just don't do the thing. Right. And it's like, too, too bad. Sorry. Rejected, Jack. <laughs> timey-wimey is you so useful. You want me to do stuff, talk to me in person and not and he tried. sending my friends. He did try. But that's just a <laughs> teaser because we couldn't have Jack and the doctor no. together. He was only available that one day on that one set. So, oh, well. Um... 
so let's see the spell is broken my lord uh claire is uh dumps uh dumps byron which yeah. is like good riddance that was great mm-hmm. um and then dr polidori gives that little like raised eyebrow and walks away without mm-hmm. saying a word uh-huh. which is so great which is just like don't know what to tell you dude like yep. yeah. we all saw it <laughs> yeah. she got you she nailed you <laughs> exactly yeah that was great um i think that also gave the episode a sense of resolution even though it's clearly like it's not really a cliffhanger but it's leading into the next two episodes right. but it still felt complete enough right and for the i think third straight week or something we get sort of like this last scene in the TARDIS after the story is kind of mm-hmm. closed. And this is the only scene in the TARDIS in the whole episode. And it is again that the doctor saying, yeah, I'm going to, I can go do this on my own. And they're like, no, nope. no doc. We're, we're with you here. I can drop you off in 2020. Um, and they're like, no, we've got the info. Let's go deal with this Cyberman thing. Um, let's work on step two. Cause yeah. she says step <laughs> one is messing everything up and saving Byron and, and, uh, or Shelly. And then step two is fixing all of the things she messed up, which is a very doctor thing. And then the last thing we're left with is a reading basically mm-hmm. from Byron of poetry that I assume is actual Byron Byronic poetry. I feel yes, although I can't confirm. I, I I didn't look it up, but I assume that they um that the author of this episode uh, searched for a, an appropriate verse that could be mapped to uh, the Doctor, and yeah. it's a it's a good one. It's about the end of the world and um, ships sailorless lay rotting on the sea. Masts fell down piecemeal. The waves were dead. The tides were in their grave. The moon had expired. Darkness had no need of aid from them. She was the universe. And that last line is over the doctor. And that's mm-hmm. the end of the episode. And it's like Dun-dun. foreboding. <laughs> the poet brings you foreboding. And that's the end. That's the end of the episode. So, um, so what'd you think, Annette? Oh, I loved it. I like, you know, I was excited from the second I saw the costumes and heard it was going to be set in this story. Some proper period costumes this time. Yeah. Like that fam and all those outfits. (laughs) Laugh out loud moment in the pre, in the pre credit (laughs) uh, teaser where they both fling open the door. Groups of four scream at each other at the same time. That was very Scooby-Doo. I loved it. (laughs) Yes. And yeah. And so, because I really loved Hyde. I love a good ghost story. So this, does it in such Hyde a great... Hyde is so good. I love the... Hyde. I, I hear some people don't love so, it. I don't understand it. I don't Like, get it's it. got a 70s color scheme, and it's Doug Ray Scott, and the, the Call the Midwife lady, and I know, it's, it's so, so good. good. Anyway, that's another podcast. So, yes. So, yeah. So, for me, <laughs> this one just makes me so happy, and then it resolves it in such a doctory way, and uh, this, this season is making me happy, and so this coming in at this point, it's just what else could i ask for really i don't know i guess a conclusion well hopefully we'll get one maybe gene what'd you think oh i liked it a lot i mean i'm not a big fan of the ghost story haunted house genre but i knew it was you know because it's doctor who i'm not going to uh i know it's not gonna be full-on a horror thing. I know the doctor won't get killed or any of that. There's always going to be like an AI and a robot cyborg the, the, behind I knew it all. Eventually, or it won't alien. be something. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, or a lonely alien. Uh, yeah. 
but the there were so many laugh out loud moments in in it um and i liked how they just kept you know moving from character to character uh setting to setting everybody had something to do right <laughs> the doctor polidori saying is it too late to change teams? Yes, yeah. so they're going down into the cellar. <laughs> yeah, they're going. Yeah, down I was the like, cellar. I wanted to yell, "Just don't go in the cellar! Well, don't go in the, the cellar. cellar!" Right? That when was... I had the conversation. I was like, "Well, you know, we really probably should investigate all parts of the house because that is, in fact, <laughs> yes. where Shelley is is down yeah. in the cellar." But they're like, mm, "So that do we have to." Um, I was genuinely surprised seeing a Cyberman, and uh, and that was a fun surprise. And I agree. I was. Revealed. I thought it was going to be a woman because they said there's like some figure on the lake, and Shelley was the one seeing it. And I just assume it was going to be like some woman ghost who turns out to be an right. alien, whatever. And it turns out it's this like series long story arc that yeah. has come to hit you in yeah. the face. And that was a big surprise. And then, yeah. Yeah. I love that moment. I love yeah, that moment. Cause so it was like, Oh no, that Cyberman they told us about here he is. No. Yeah. And being in the room with all everyone where the yeah. just reacts together. was <gasps> so delightful. Yeah. Gasp. It was. So, yes, I like um, the doctor is really fun and good in this one. She's got she's just got so much like, you know, barrel of energy, like trying to figure things out. She just try one thing after another and and everything. And and I like Byron. I I feel, uh, you know, attracted to her in when I see how she reacts to a crisis, you know, which is like <laughs> not how I would react to a crisis. So, just jump, jumps I'm, on in there. Just, I might yeah. use you as a human cannon. <laughs> <laughs> the um, it's a yeah, I, I thought it was good. This is a season that for me, um, I thought started out a little bit shaky and they are like, I feel like they're really on a roll now. Like this is well, who knows what the last couple episodes will hold, but but this has been a really good run. And after last season where I think there was almost an allergy to ongoing storylines and recurring villains and things like that. I missed it. This season. And I want the show to be accessible, but it felt a little shapeless last season. And this mm-hmm. season, there is a point um, and it's using our expectations of Doctor Who against us, which I love yeah. So I'm I've turned all the way around. These last five weeks have been really good. I love that this completely left me wrong footed, just like um the fugitive of the Jadoon episode did. Mm-hmm. Um and that we got a couple more. Can't wait to see them. I'm very excited. So yeah, thumbs up for me too. This was, yeah. was great and great to watch it with so many people in a in a, in a room where they're all getting excited and they're gasping at the plot twists and stuff. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's so a special good. moment. And then this... everybody has to run off and go do their podcast. Everybody, <laughs> yeah. the the what did they call it? It's a it's a Rasha podcast. Rasha pod. <laughs> it's just like or Potamon. I don't know. It, it's like literally. Every you can you can track. There are probably like five podcasts that will be released simultaneously from people in this same hotel, <laughs> in the same room, who watched it in the same room together, yeah. talking about this episode. Yeah. But this one is ours. It is, and it was a good one. Yes, yeah. and it was a it was really an honor to watch it with you two in person. Yes, it was a lot yeah. of fun, and thank you for being here in person to be on the Doctor Who fa- Flashcast. That rarely happens. only reason why we came to LA was to come and do this I podcast. appreciate it. <laughs> and now we can all go because it's the end of the podcast. So, Annette Weirstra, thank you for being here. Thank you for inviting me to LA. Yes. <laughs> yes, you're welcome. I, I made that happen. You did. Gene McDonald, thank you. Thank you. It was really a pleasure. Very happy to finally make it 
to Galley and see, have the fun that I thought I would have. Yeah, it, it's been great to have you here. And thanks to everybody. Sorry you couldn't make it to LAX uh, Marriott this year, but there's always next year. And you're here in spirit for this year. You can always meet. We did a little meetup earlier today. Like, mm-hmm. it, there's, a, I guarantee there'll be like a half dozen podcasters you know who will be at Galley next year too. So you might want to think about that. But uh, we brought it to you on this podcast. And uh, I'll be back from my garage next week all by myself (laughs) recording a podcast about episode nine but until then thank you for listening one last time goodbye